the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh! they did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Kai McEwen, joined by the rest of the three-man weave crew, Jim Root and Matt Cox. Every Wednesday morning, we'll be dropping a new BBOC episode talking all things betting in the world of college hoops. On today's episode, we're going to discuss some key games of the week, both the power and mid-major level, give you some takes on spreads, do our classic six-pack uh, as we did last season with some live dogs, with some blowout cities, uh, highlighting a special spotlight section that we'll get to at the end of the episode. A fantastic look ahead coming up right this second. Let's get started. Fellas, we're looking at live dogs of the week to start us off. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh, where's my dog? Where's my dog? Last season, we did pretty well on these uh, on this section, identifying dogs that can win outright. If they didn't win outright, they they usually covered the spread. This is all anecdotal, but I'm going to go with it that we were very very good. Uh, I picked out a few. You guys, let me know if you want to add some. But we're starting with Wednesday, Northern Iowa against North Carolina in the Bahamas. Now the Panthers have not looked great, but I think they can hang. I think they have a coaching edge. You got Rice against New Mexico in Henderson, Nevada. Rice, we know, is a high-variance team. Maybe Jalen Howe still out for New Mexico. And then finally, Purdue-Fort Wayne. They're at San Francisco. Tough travel, but Fort Wayne, talented guards, already beat DePaul. Fellas, what do you think of those three? You taking any? You leaving them? What do you got, Jim? I am jumping on my owls. You know, I've been a Rice guy leading up to this season. I think that's, a like you said, very high-variance game. Rice is a big-time three-point shooting team, so you could get the real hot performance that projects them into the lead. I think their game against Texas was sneaky competitive. They shot terribly from three and, and Texas was actually, uh, you know, making shots from the perimeter and they still covered that game only lost by 16 on a 20 point spread. And I think true score of that was a lot closer. And yeah, the, the Jalen house thing matters, Matt. I know you love Donovan Dent and you'll probably sing his praises. Uh, he's a great replacement for Jalen house, but I, I think rice has got, uh, a lot more athleticism this year. They brought in a fringe top 100 recruit in Keanu Dawes. They brought in a couple of transfers from power conference level that amp up what they already brought back. I like Rice, Matthew. It's going to be kind of a shootout, uh, but I'm riding I'm riding that one with Kai at the plus nine or maybe even a little bit lower. Yeah, Selden, the Gardner-Webb transfer was a beast. I watched him against Texas, and I was like, I'm going to hop all over Rice with my boy Jimbo. But then I kind of had this epiphany that looking good against Texas isn't really looking that good at all. Um, Valid. So that's that's my concern. Kai, so, I'm hey, with Selden, you. I'll drop. You know, that's Wayne Selden's little brother from is it really? Kansas. Oh, that makes total sense. He yep. built like an absolute brick house. Yep. Um, he does everything. Yeah, he's a good compliment to that kind of finesse type team. Kai, I'm with you on Purple Panthers. That's gonna be my official ad here. I've been just completely underwhelmed with them so far. So maybe this is just a stubborn sticking to my guns too tightly. But but I believe this is a good basketball team. And, and my loins and my plumes, I, I I believe that is the truth. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Um, they just not made shots. I feel like this is a good shooting team. Like this is a team that should be able to make outside shots. They have like three or four legit good shooters. They were like 0 of 30 against South Florida from three. 
Uh, they clawed back against North Texas going into the super pit and playing them to overtime despite a lot of things going against them. I think they get North Carolina into sort of a slower type of execution type game. And I think you get North Carolina, um, you know, out of their comfort zone. And you're going to probably get a pretty good price on this game too, money line wise, because you probably have an inflated tempo baked in because of UNC. Um, I like you and I mean, you and I here. So I'm trying to think what the, I'm doing my little estimates, what the price should be, but that's my, my pick of the litter here, Mr. McKeon. I like it. Uh, you and I do for some shooting regression, some positive shooting regression, just 25% from three this year. They are way better than that. And opponents are shooting 42% from three against them. North Texas and South Florida uh, were both hitting, hitting shots. And I, I think it's not a bad game here. I, I'm not a huge Hubert Davis guy. That's well-documented. But fair enough, I'm going with Rice uh, as well with Jim. I do think you and I covers, so I'll, I'll maybe ride the fence on that one. Yeah, Plus, that's where I'm at on that game. I don't think I'm going to touch the money line yeah. with Northern Iowa, but I think they compete. Like It's just, like you said, a team's kind of underperformed and have not been very whelmed by North Carolina <laughs> when I've watched them. Uh, they were up like three against Lehigh late in the second half or midway through and suddenly realized they were way bigger and more athletic and started to pound the, the rock inside, but uh, just, just don't get warm fuzzy. So I think Northern Iowa hangs, especially if the number is 12, like, like Ken Palm has on money line, Kai, you should get about five to one plus 500 on you and I, and then about four to one plus 400 for, for rice. If the market tracks close with Ken Palm, I have no reason to believe it won't for those two games. I think those are two properly, properly yeah. priced teams, I guess. I don't know. Wednesday, Fairleigh Dickinson taking on Queens. I think this is another, a little bit like the Rice-New Mexico game where it's going to be up and down. Uh, two teams that love to run. Fairly Dickinson's already been fairly competitive this year. Fairly. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Uh, they beat Buffalo, but Buffalo might stink. I just am not super sold on Queens yet. They lost a key piece from last year, Kenny Dye at point guard, and they've got some injuries early this year that haven't really sorted themselves out down a couple of starters. So... Fairly Dickinson could be a little better than the market's price in the Madden. I, I like that one too. So along with eating my big bowl of rice and you and I to cover, I'm, I'm taking Fairly Dickinson. Yeah, Queen's another guy out. Seabach missed last game too. So they're down Reigns, Matthews, and Seabach. Good luck finding inf- any information there. <laughs> if all those three guys are out again, I Fairly Dickinson, not a bad look. Uh, agreed. Matt, you good? Next section? I'm good. One. One and done for me. Yeah. All right. Blowout City. Bye. Here we go. Games we like uh, in an absolute, well, blowout fashion. Blowout City, hence the name. Wednesday, not a lot of options this week just because of Feast Week, usually some pretty good matchups. But we got two big spreads coming up. Mizzou is one of them. They host South Carolina State. And then Kansas State hosts Central Arkansas. Well, Mizzou is where Jim and I went. And they are off a horrible loss to Jackson State. Um, South Carolina State's kind of in the middle of a, a massive road trip. They've been blown out before this season. They lost a four, by 44 to South Florida. So hoping the Tigers are a little bit angry here, ready to bounce back and, and, and pour it on them. That's kind of the angle there. And then Kansas State, while Central Arkansas has been weirdly competitive with some teams, they still don't have Cameron Hunter, their best player. I think the Octagon of Doom is going to swallow the Purple Bears uh, so I probably like Kansas State a little bit better than Mizzou there, Jim. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, Kansas State's the one I like. I I don't have a lot of faith in Mizzou's ability to blow teams out right now. Um, the offense isn't that good. And there's just like some weird rotational issues where they don't know which lineups are good. They're playing so many guys trying to figure it out. 
And it feels like half their guys are good at offense and half are good at defense. And they don't know how to mesh those things and come up with some sort of balanced lineup. So Mizzou, I'm not really trusting. Central Arkansas, I think, is not good. They they hung real close with Southeast Missouri State uh, on Monday night. I think that's more representative of CMO's issues than anything. And K-State coming back from, from their uh, MTE I think they're going to just smash. Uh, I, I think there's incentive there to do it after a loss down in, uh, I think it was the Bahamas. I yes. They were playing the Bahamar. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Matt, I, I think K-State's a, a good one. And on Thursday, I actually also like Iowa State to pull out VCU, mm-hmm. but that's that's uh, a whole nother story. We don't have to dig too far into that game. It's not as big of a spread. It's 11 on Ken Palm. What about you, Matthew? Uh, I'm going to throw it in there for Friday, actually. And, you know, not a team that people think are, probably super high on this year, LSU sort of, uh, they looked in disarray for a lot of this. They've already lost to a bad team at home. So you could argue it's almost a good money line um, counterpoint here, but they're playing North Florida and North Florida has played zero good teams so far this year. And when they have played good teams in the past, other Matthew Driscoll, um, even with, you know, more talent than they have this season, they've been blown out. They just don't have any sort of like actual size and athletes. Uh, they played last stinks. year. It just stinks, <laughs> right? Like bigger teams can just gobble up offensive rebounds. So it's, you have like, if you make shots, you're going to crush them. If you don't, you can still get your, your second and third chances and still still crush them. And LSU is enormous up front. We saw that play out against Wake in, uh, was it Utah or yeah, Utah in that, the Charleston? So, yeah, I think LSU balls this team. And I'm a little worried that they're going to come back fat and happy after two wins in that tournament, Jim. Kind of counter to your point about K-State. But I just think the match appears too juicy to pass up. So, LSU laying whatever number against the Birds of Trey, which will be uh, – Birds of prey very shortly. Here's your uh, North Florida's margins last year playing up against good power conference teams. Lost by 41 to Gonzaga, lost by 40 to Kentucky, lost by 34 to Houston, lost by 36 to Pitt. So 34 mm-hmm. or more all four times. Right. Hopefully just, you get 20 high 20s or, or less would be great for the, the price there. Yeah. Just a quick one there, Matt. LSU uh, lost to Dayton and they beat North Texas and that's right. Uh, yep. Wake Forest. Yeah. Uh, competitive really all three games. All three uh, games, yeah. I, I faded them all three games. So that's a that's a one two one and two record right there. Uh okay. Next section is our power games of the week. But first, a word from our sponsor. BBOC is presented by Bet MGM. Use bonus code action when signing up to get up to fifteen hundred dollars paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan. New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, fellas. Power game of the week. Oh, feel the power. Oh, I can feel it. Starting with Wednesday, we don't really know the Maui matchups quite yet, but that's clearly the, the, uh, the well, the, the best game <laughs> maybe of the entire season because we're likely to see, we are going to see the winner of Tennessee, Purdue, and Kansas Marquette. The spreads would tell you, if you go with the favorites today, Matthew, that Purdue will play Kansas. And boy, would that matchup be sweet. Thoughts, I guess, on Maui the next couple of days. We'll, we'll frame it as that, Matt. Yeah, my angle here is, um, and just other than enjoying enjoying college basketball at its highest level, of course, although some of those games in the opening slate were pretty ugly uh, early on. But uh, Kansas, I'm looking to fade. And I'm not saying Kansas is not a good team, but in this matchup where a severe lack of depth has kind of reared its ugly head so far. Uh, we were there in person. We heard Bill Self talk about it in the flash of the champions classic. Just he sort of is getting kind of gives off that. Like I am concerned about our team in certain situations vibe. And I think this is one of those 
um, with minimal bodies on back-to-back-to-back games. Um, that's kind of my angle here, fading Kansas at the end of this tournament here, Jim. Uh, not that I think they're a, you know, a fade long-term, but just situationally, it seems like they're going to crack against some of these deeper, high-caliber teams. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Gonzaga also, um, despite Jay Billis insisting that they were 10 deep, which is insane because they only have nine healthy scholarship players and they're playing yeah, I, I seven. They're playing seven. They're like 355th in bench minutes as we record this right now. So that is not a deep team. Their they're two guards, Hickman and, and Nemhard, play like all 40 minutes basically every game. So I, I think Gonzaga might be worth a look at, at a fade or maybe even an under on the last day just because I think they're going to have to play a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Now, Kai, in the, in the championship, like you said, it, as as we record this on Tuesday, we don't know the matchup, but um, Purdue-Kansas, the likely matchup based on spreads. I can't wait to see Zach Eady versus, versus Hunter Dickinson. Mm-hmm. I mean, those those two, the two favorites right now, front runners for National Player of the Year, considering the numbers they're putting up, uh, just two smashing each other, kind of a kaiju versus Jaeger for a Pacific Rim <laughs> comparison there, Kai. Uh, just monsters going at each other in the paint. I don't think I have much of a lean, maybe maybe a little bit with Matt, so a, a fade of Kansas, and I think Purdue is actually looking a little better, but Dewan Harris harassing Braden Smith still scares me a little bit. Need to see a little more out of Purdue's point guard before I completely hop on board there. Yeah, TBD on that one for me. Dickinson Needy, of course, played last year, right? Purdue-Michigan, uh, both had great games. I expect kind of the same story. Uh, yeah, I, I'd lean to Purdue in that one. I'm not so sure Kansas gets past Marquette today as we record, but that's another story uh, for another day. I like that. I like that. Something that could age terribly. Yeah, slip it in there. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, Thursday, we have a really good matchup. It's Michigan State and Arizona. Uh, it's in Palm Springs, so we got a neutral here. Arizona is favored by six on Ken Palm, and they look like a juggernaut so far this, this season, Jim. Could be the best team in the country. They've done nothing wrong. They've been blowing teams out. They should. They beat Duke at Duke. And Sparty, as most people know, has started very, very slow. Tyson Walker missed last game. We're not totally sure about his status, but they just haven't looked very good in general. Been shooting like crap. Your thoughts? Yeah, I know Tyson Walker's been a little bit banged up, and I think they announced it was illness was why he missed, but it did feel like a let's just sit him, rest him. And it might've been awesome for Michigan state because it forced everybody else to step up and they couldn't just stand and pass the ball to Tyson and hope. Mm-hmm. And they came out and, and torched Alcorn state, like right from the jump, they were all over him. Might've been, might've been good for their confidence, but Matt, I'm not going against Arizona. I, I think Kai might be on to something with potentially the best team in the country. They've got size. They've got versatility. They've got incredible guard playmaking. Caleb love is actually folded seamlessly into this defense uh, and and isn't chucking offensively the way uh, I was sort of concerned that he would. Keisha Johnson's just given them so much more lineup versatility and they've kind of got a little bit of Sonogo clinging with uh with Balo and Crevas. Like they you just cannot rest on your laurels at all with the way they go after the glass. And Matt, I just, I just don't love how Michigan State has looked. I don't think they're anywhere near firing on all cylinders. A.J. Hogarth is kind of a shell of himself right now, and he's more of an attitude guy than a production guy. You, you can't have that going against Arizona. Um, so like six and a half, and even if it's shaded up from the, the Ken Palm line of six, I would probably lay it with Arizona. Man, I feel like this could get bet up to like some stupid like eight or nine number just with the yeah, way the teams then, have looked. Then it's, then it's, uh, you I know, can't touch it. I, I, I'm, there's a number where I would bet Sparty, but I feel like that number is like 13 or something stupid, right? Um, <laughs> you're not going to see 13 in this game. I, I just bet against Arizona foolishly last game. Um, 
felt pretty good about myself. The Mavs, UT Arlington were, were nearby, had a good spot there. Uh, they were up 28-26, I think, late in the first half. Um, I think only down a you know handful at the half, and then a fifty to five run, Kai fifty to five run. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was my my plus twenty eight was quickly not even competitive. Um, Arizona has that spurt ability this year, right? And I think we've seen them do it against the big boys. Literally went into Duke and did it. So I, they've proven all you can prove. Um, you can't really question or nitpick anything about their roster. Even get some partial home here. Yeah, I think Arizona minus the big numbers probably where I'm looking at. Uh, and then real quick, guys, Atlantis does start on on Wednesday. General thoughts on the tournament. We talked you and I, North Carolina, a little bit. Um, I, I kind of like Michigan, Jim, frankly. I, I think they're an awesome team. They lost to Long Beach, so maybe they well, what they showed early is, is not sustainable. Um, but I, I think I'm looking there. I'm looking at Texas Tech as well because I, I, I really think Grant McCasin's an incredible coach. Um, Villanova's look shaky, and North Carolina, again, don't really trust them with Hubert Davis. Yeah, that's a spot I like is is Texas Tech against Villanova in that first round. I, I think yep. I'll probably end up on the Red Raiders in that one because it just, man, I, I think McCaslin can coach circles around Neptune. Kind of that other side of the bracket, the, the bottom half, Arkansas was kind of the presumed like, all right, this is the best team on this half. But I would argue that Memphis and Michigan have both looked better than Arkansas, who who dropped a bye game to UNC Greensboro. Stanford is, is kind of banged up, so... I'm not expecting much out of them, but I, I think your finalists are, are between whoever wins Michigan and Memphis, because those two yeah. have kind of figured things out a little more, Matthew. Um, so probably betting Texas tech first round and then either Michigan or Memphis in that second round game against probably still Arkansas. I'll be betting that team. Uh, Kai, no Northern Iowa endorsement from us here. Probably too big of a, not to fire. win the whole thing, but uh, I think yeah. they can beat UNC as we discussed at the, at the top of the show. Yeah. I agree with Jim's point on Michigan versus Memphis. However, Michigan losing to Long Beach State at home is obviously, you know, eye-opening. And then Memphis hasn't really done much either. I think that win against your Missouri Tigers is quickly <laughs> um, losing its luster as the days go by. So I, I kind of went back to my UNI love as like just sort of a, a Hail Mary flyer uh, on that one. Actually, you can find some pretty good – the whole percentages on these tournaments are actually pretty good. So you actually have pretty good value betting uh, the pre-tournament as opposed to doing like a money line rollover strategy here. Um, I, I still like Michigan, though. I think actually that loss sets up well for them to come out um, ultra-focused, and I don't think Memphis is going to play any sort of weird zone that they saw against Long Beach. So I think it's a, just a good matchup, good spot. I like uh, Michigan to get out of that first-round game, and that's probably my pick to win that that tournament. All righty. Moving on. Mid-major game of the week. Got some good ones. On Wednesday, we have UC Irvine and Toledo in Henderson, Nevada. Uh, both great teams. Kim Palm has this as UC Irvine minus three. Little clash of styles here. We have the offensive juggernauts that are Toledo. Uh, even this season, despite losing some pretty good players from last year, they are once again among the best offenses in the country, not just among the mid-major teams. And then UC Irvine, of course, always stalwart defensively, already have a huge win against USC. And then also that day on Wednesday, Harvard goes to Colgate. Little three-point spread here as well per Ken Palm in favor of Colgate. Harvard been excellent this year against the spread. They're three and one. Their one loss coming to Boston College uh, following a, a massive UMass win in overtime. And then yeah, Colgate tough around there for tough, for tough, like, tough. You, you, you got to forgive them playing back to back against in-state rivals. Absolutely. And then Colgate went through a, a mini mid-major gauntlet in Canada. Garner Webb and Yale, uh, they just traded body blows the entire time in that tournament. Weaver State as well. Uh, still a good team, still looking to kind of rediscover their shot from last couple seasons. They, they've started off kind of cold this year. So Matt, your thoughts on these two mid-major games? 
yeah, Toledo game has my interest for sure. Like their offense is awesome. Their defense is still very, very questionable. Um, and as much as I like this rocket ship bunch, I mean, they have put up points against Detroit Mercy, Louisiana, and Wright State. I wouldn't call those three vaunted defenses by any stretch either. Um, you know, UC Irvine, they're not exactly the defensive fortress that they were under Turner for many years, but they can still guard. They have more size, make better defensively than any of those three teams. I like Irvine in that spot because closer, um, you know, Nevada to, to California, obviously a little bit easier travel as well. So I'll probably lean the eaters in that one, uh, but no official play. And God, even Colgate's like, you could argue it's a good spot, but it's also just a terrible spot traveling back from Canada as hard as it was to get to New Brunswick too. So I want no part of the Raiders, honestly, until conference play. That's kind of my approach with Colgate in general betting wise. Harvard is an underdog. They're, yeah. they're fantastic. Uh, it's something like a 63% bet with Tommy Amaker in charge yeah, um, as an underdog going all the way back to his days there. They just play up really, really well. And Malik Mack has been such a infusion of life into their offense in the backcourt. Like they just didn't have much of a creator in past years. Now they've got that to go with all the athleticism that they've had for years and years. Uh, definitely lean towards Harvard there. Matt, and the other one, you lean towards the eaters, but we got to we got to introduce the listeners to to Toledo Faders Anonymous TFA the the group yeah, of course. that I have started and instituted that uh, is for people who incessantly bet against Toledo and, and should not do it don't do it we encourage you not to don't get Toledo mixed up in nothing Toledo is three and zero against the spread this year covering by an average of eight points a game <laughs> they are the best ATS team in the country over the past two plus seasons. I, I have no interest in banging against them, Kai. I make that closer to a pick. I think Irvine yeah. might be a little overvalued because beating USC without Boogie Ellis or Kobe Johnson. Yeah. So that one actually uh, numerically leans towards the Rockets for me. I also like Toledo leaning that way. And Harvard is where I lean as well. I think Matt's right with the travel coming back for Colgate. Um, they are due to start shooting better, but man, Harvard as a dog is tough. I think they have a pretty good team this season. Um, so that's where I lean. All right, Trash Man Pick of the Week. The Trash Man Pick of the Week. I'm the trash man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage, and you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. Is that it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. Just one. The ultimate trash pile. That's the rules in this section. Again, some pretty good games this, this week. Uh, not a whole lot to choose from, but I went dumpster diving, and I found Maryland Eastern Shore at... Notre Dame. Oh, that's gross. You um, found the right one, Kai. Yes. I, I approve, stamp of <laughs> approval of this choice. Why is this a trash man pick of the week? Well, UMES, Maryland Nation Shore, is a bottom five offense in the country. They're sort of known for a grittier style of basketball. Not super fun to watch, but they can be scrappy dogs. They, they beat Penn already this season. Uh, there's some magic over there, that school, that they can just beat uh, good teams. And then Notre Dame. Uh, still a very young team, still clearly learning how to play together. They they just beat Oklahoma State, a very good win. Uh, prior games looked pretty ugly. And they play a very slow style under, under Shrewsbury. I don't think he's necessarily going to try to run quicker in this game, despite the opponent. So, Matt, it's just not going to be a very fun game to watch. No, it's not. I mean, I, I backed the Irish twice in that Barclays thing, and, you know, it Went well the second game, but they they certainly are. Uh, they look like a mid-major team at times. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, and UMass, man, they've been kind of a feisty dog historically. Like, you know, I don't know if this version is as good as the last couple of years, but I think if you have to get involved, I'd probably take UMass and close your eyes. UMass yeah, is a I, good UMass, acronym. UMass. <laughs> UMass. I don't want to lay a lot of points with this Notre Dame team. I don't think they're going to be a good favorite given their talent level. Um, better chance of slowing it down and mucking it up and being out coat or, or – out coaching opposing opposing teams. That's the spot I want to look for Notre Dame. 
Uh, Ken Palm projects this at 69 possessions. I would wager a decent chunk of change. It is lower than that. It will land somewhere around like 65. I don't think Notre Dame really loves to speed things up and and UMass is going to try to muck it up and and make it messy, easier to cover in that kind of a, a grittier game like Kai mentioned. So I definitely lean towards the underdog in this one. Um, and and probably going to bet the under Kai. I just think it's going to be a, a slog. That's where my opinions lie as well. Well said. All right, last section, spotlight. We're spotlighting the early hot and not ATS teams. So talking about records, talking about cover margin, and maybe some opinions on if they're for real or if it's sort of an aberration. Uh, so the 5-0 and crew, there are three teams in the country that are currently 5-0 and against the spread. They are Arizona, oh. Oakland, yeah, Oakland, 5-0, and and Mississippi State. Now, Arizona sporting almost a 15-point cover margin, which is bonkers um, at, through a five-game sample. But Oakland, right behind at 11, Mississippi State a little more reasonable, plus 6.5. All three teams have looked fantastic. Jim, we saw Mississippi State in person. We've watched Arizona on TV. And, and man, the fighting great campies at Oakland, a bit of a surprise, I, I would say, to start. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to let Matt wax poetic about his Golden Grizzlies because he he wrote them up for the Almanac this preseason. Hey, if you haven't bought that, why not? Go for it. Funny time. Um, but uh yeah, I, Oakland Oakland's a, a whole no, different animal. But the two power conference teams here, yeah, Arizona we we already said we think there's a chance they're the number 1 team in the country. The way that Lloyd has fit the roster has been really really impressive. It seems like Caleb Love's kind of sacrificed the ego and they can play so many different ways, Matt, and that's something they couldn't do in the past. In the past, it was play fast, pound you inside with their two big lineup, and you know if you can mess with their guards a little bit and Kirk Kreese's turnover issues, then you could take them out of rhythm. Kylan Boswell is much better than Kirk Kreese. He, he is more of a um, cerebral point guard. I'm sorry if that's too much shade at, at Mr. Kreese there, but he's more measured. He's steadier. He's not as prone to emotional outbursts. As Chris and I love that. He's just better. Let's just, yeah, he's better. Agreed. Uh, Love the center rotation they've got there. And then Mississippi State, I mean, they're ridiculous defensively. And they're playing without their best big man, Tolu Smith. But they're just everywhere with all kinds of athletes and length. And Josh Hubbard and Trey Fort have given them the offensive punch that they needed in the backcourt. And their shooting isn't as completely dire and terrible as it was last year. So, yeah, Matt, you were kind of in on, on the Bulldogs preseason even with or without Tolu Smith, and you have been proven very, very correct. Yeah, I don't know if I want to see Jimmy Bell get so much usage the rest of the year. I feel like that's sort <laughs> of a ticking time bomb. Um, like, just that guy is a load, but obviously a uh, a very poor man's version of Tolu Smith, and I feel like they feature him too much. But yeah, the, the new additions are, have clearly opened up this offense, um, and they still guard like gangbusters. So uh, I, t- to me, I think the Oakland, well, it, it's such a unique team, like, you have Jack Golke, who has attempted 57 threes this year, not a single two-point jump 57. shot. 19 through, of 57 through five games. That is. Through five yeah. games. Uh, you have Trey Townsend, who's their best player. Kind of like this weird tweener Swiss Army knife. He's just like really hard to defend if you haven't seen him before. You have Rocket Watts still doing his thing, actually playing better for once in his career. Got these like Juco guys, uh, Aburu. I can't say his last name. He's just debuted, so he's really athletic. You have Isaiah Jones from Detroit Mercy, who's very – it's a really, like, unorthodox, unique team. I think it's working in their favor, and it's, like, hard for teams to prepare for. And they play that weird, funky zone on the other end of the mm-hmm. floor. So it's just, like, you know, maybe in conference play it won't be as dominant, but for these non-conference foes, there's just a lot of, like – it's like a funhouse of mirrors, Kai, that's just – mm-hmm. it's tough to, to prep for. 
so Kai, coming out of the tournament for, for Oakland, they've got at Xavier on Monday and then at Detroit. Obviously, no travel early there for, for Oakland. Yeah. yeah. I feel like those are two good continue to back spots for Oakland, regardless of what happens here in the tournament over Tuesday as we record and Wednesday. Um, I, I'm not super sold on Xavier as a big favorite right now, given their yeah. roster limitations. And then uh, Detroit is bad. So give me Oakland yeah. there. I agree. Uh, so teams that are still very good. So we're going top cover margins now. These teams haven't played five games yet, so they can't be 5-0, and but they're all undefeated against the spread, and they are sporting the best average cover margins in the country. Number one, I'm shocked if you told me this in the preseason, it's Evansville. Evansville is covering by 19 points per game this season in three games. Uh, they've been objectively awesome. I, I talked to David Raglan, their head coach, this offseason, and he was certainly more confident heading into the year, but I think even he would be surprised by their start a uh, terrific defensive team thus far competition, not great, but still impressive uh, from a relative lens Pitt has looked amazing. They're four and against forever. The plus 18 cover margin. Iowa state has looked incredible. They are, they are four and oh with a plus 16 cover margin. And then BYU, the new big 12 team on the block is also four and oh 16 point cover margin. All four teams. I sort of buy as being better than last year, Matt, even Pitt a team that I wasn't necessarily high on, but their freshman guards, Lowe and Carrington, they're legit. And if they are legit, then this team is quite good. Yeah. Pitt was, yeah, they're better than last year. I think there's no question. Um, they've beaten some like, not just mid, like good, some good mid major team, like Binghamton, I think it's kind of a good team and they just destroyed them. Um, so yeah, I think Pitt's very real. Evansville's questionable. Like I don't think right. it's a really talented team and they were really good in non-conference last season, but they have more talent than last year. So maybe that upholds, I don't know. Iowa State, I'm sort of still waiting to see if, if that's going to continue to, to sustain against big boy competition. We haven't seen them really play anyone legit, legit yet. They and have BYU. the worst schedule in the country. Per so, game. yeah. 360 <laughs> seconds. I'm, so I'm no still buying. I don't care. I'm buying. Oh, I'm buying. I, I am too. I think they're like actually a top 15 team. They're getting <laughs> some scoring from my guy, Mom Kilovich, the freshman. So, yeah, Matt, sorry to interrupt you, but I just no, you're good. No, support I'm, your I'm in the there. same take, though, for BYU. I just don't, I don't know yet. Um, yeah. So, I guess you look at these through both. Uh, through both lenses of the uh, of the crystal ball, I suppose, as you try and predict them going forward, Jim. And, and BYU, I think we've kind of heard inklings that their staff knows the value of of winning by a ton and and amping up those those metrics and looking better in the net all the way down the road. Like the the implications of that, I think that's why they win by fifty seven over Houston Christian and fifty seven over Southeast Louisiana instead of forty. Like th- there's just a little bit in there where the efficiency margin matters in in the net stuff. Uh, but I would love the BYU coming into the year, Kai. I don't know if they're top 15 yeah. good where Ken Palm has them slotted right now, but I think they're going to continue to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, they've got, starting on Thanksgiving, the uh, the Vegas showcase that they're in where they take on Arizona State first, and then I think they continue to roll through that event. Vandy and NC State on the other side. I, I think that's a BYU 2-0, likely 2-0 against the spread. I agree. Love it. All right, we're finishing up with the bad teams against the spread. The 0-5 slugs, and oh no, all of our alma maters are on this list. Oh, <laughs> that is insane. How's that possible? Uh, Matt went to Indiana, and as I said, Jim and I went to Mizzou. They are both 0-5 against the spread, against the closing number, that is. Uh, Indiana sporting a minus 8 cover margin. Mizzou a minus 9.5 cover margin. Not great, Bob. And then Georgia Southern, also 0-5 against the spread. Now, 
they did cover a certain number if you got a better line uh, the other day, but they also have a minus eight cover margin, not good. And then Charleston, 0-5 with a minus 10 cover margin, a team that has been shooting just awful so far this season, and they kind of live or die by the three. So if you're not making shots, you're dying if you're Charleston and, and they have thus far. So Jim, your thoughts on, on this group here. Well, Kai, I, I might be a unicorn because I've won a bet on two of these teams, right? Which is insane. Line I had value, a closing line value minus one and a half <laughs> at Minnesota, and they won by two. Mm-hmm. And then I had a Charleston decent line price against Coastal Carolina, where that line moved like four points, so it, it crossed over a bunch of numbers and landed right in the middle. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I want to focus, Matt, on on our two alma maters. I think they both have serious, serious issues. Indiana might not be a top 100 team. Their offense is horrific. They have no shooting. And if you're going to have no shooting, you've got to have really engaged big men that are locked in and dominating at all times. And Indiana's are loafers. Like they are not right. really true. guys that are constantly engaged and making plays for you on both ends like TJD did for him last year. And man, Missouri, like I said, they just don't know who's good on their team right now. They're trying to figure out what the right lineup combinations are and, uh, it, it hasn't been pretty thus far, and I fear what's going to happen to them when they go to Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Oh, it's <sighs> yeah, Indiana's a bad team. I, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. It's funny because like the offense is horrible. Like the defense is what's supposed to be the backbone of this team, and they do guard at times, but then they do some really stupid, um, intellectually just awful things that doesn't give them any sort of foundation to build upon. So. There's going to be bright spots for IU, I think. Like Malik Renew was good against UConn, but yeah, I, there's question marks here. Um, I also worry about just kind of the chemistry, just to be honest, as I just kind of see yeah. some of the body language out there. Uh, Kyle, you talked this, like talking, talking shit to army was kind of a lame look. Like not only is it I, like, uh, no, know, know who you're playing against, like in terms of competition, but like, just like of all people that's like the, the, the future leaders of our military, like maybe, maybe don't talk shit to, to army <laughs> um, as a 30 point favorite. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Charleston's interesting. I think they will be better late. I just think there's a lot of a, uh, a lot of new, a lot of young, especially, right? That was kind of the formula for Kelsey's recipe last year was um, older, deeper bench. This year, that bench is like mostly freshmen. Um, I think he's kind of struggling to find out who to who to pick it, plug and play there. Hi, this is prisoner of the moment take, but you might agree with it. Is Mackenzie Mbako the worst five-star freshman you've ever seen? Well, like, I, I remember Skal Abissier, but yes. Yeah, uh, he's one yes. of the worst. It, it, it's motor, man. And I've never really been a big motor guy, like as a, as a criticism, but my gosh. He just stands straight up on defense. It's pretty clear. Uh, this team has the classic, like, blame each other for plays that you made a mistake on, like that sort of thing. They, they kind of have that vibe. So I kind of agree with Matt with the chemistry uh, angle there. I don't, I don't think Xavier Johnson is your veteran leader, the guy who, like, had to leave Pitt because he had clashes with teammates. Yeah. And, and he's, like, he's one of the culprits for talking shit to Army. I don't think he's a real good tone setter. And that concerns me for a team besides him that's pretty darn yep. young. Yeah, so keep fading. Uh, lastly, the worst cover margin in the country. So again, these teams haven't played five games. They're doing really bad against the spread. Uh, Dartmouth, a minus 18 cover margin, 0-2. Uh, Grambling State, minus 17 cover margin at 0-3. And then Buffalo, guys. Team you might want to discuss a little bit here, minus 16 and a half. Uh, Matt, talk about Buffalo, buddy. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say. I think the fan forums have said all that need to be said about this team. It doesn't well, well, look tell, tell the listeners what the fan forums have said. Um, they they think it's the worst defense they've seen in their long tenure as Buffalo basketball fans. Now, they've had some really strong years. I mean, it's a good program. Um, Nate Oates, Bobby Hurley, 
uh, you know, even Jim Weitzel was not up to that standard, but he was filled some competitive rosters for sure. Uh, we've kind of made fun at the former um, Jay Wright assistants, you know, great coach, retire. All of his former lieutenants have found their way into head coaching thrones. Most of them have failed, I would say. And I think while it's so, so early and impossible to make any sort of real determination here, um, the early signs are not great for the uh, the running bulls up there in upstate New York. Yeah, that, that team is bad. It, it's got nightmare outcome written up, Matt. You said in our internal group chat, uh, you're worried it has like a Tulsa kind of floor to it, where to, to for the listeners, Tulsa went 4-24 and 24 against the spread last year. That is not straight up. Against the spread, 4-24. and 24, That is like impossible to do. Buffalo might just keep underperforming expectations. They're already down to 322nd in Ken Palm. That would be by far their worst finish uh, in a long, long time on that website. I think this is a Kaya very much be careful what you wish for when the fans wanted white cell gone and, and they bring in Halkovich who just, it, this looks like just a complete toxic waste dump. Yes, I, I totally agree. I will be fading Buffalo uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, Dartmouth kind of weird one. I don't really believe they're that bad. They, they, they kind of got blown out in their first game in Grambling state. They might be that bad. I, I didn't see a lot of five from them thus far, but Hey, it's early. These are, uh, overreactions till we get a, a little bit bigger sample size. We've we're seeing two, three games of some of these teams. That's what we do. We speculate here on the Big Bets on Campus podcast. And thank you out there for joining us. Again, we're coming to you every single week, uh, Wednesday morning, three-man weave crew. So thanks to BetMGM, and we will see you next time. Good luck on your bets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.